Welcome, welcome. It's a new year, 2022. I know for some of you, it's the 10th or 11th or 12th of January already for all of us, but it's a new year for us, and we are very glad to have another year with you. Like you, it was a quieter Christmas at our house anyway, quieter than most Christmases we've experienced. Less travel, less face-to-face, less big parties, much more sickness, And I've noticed that people are no longer calling it the COVID. I think it's quite good. Uh, My my son-in-law, not my husband, but my son-in-law, had wonderful diagnosis at the end of December that the cancer he's been struggling with is um, gone, gone as in cancer-free. I love that term. I never thought I'd love words pieced together like those two words. But the sickness, the sickness, what is the sickness this day? Well, let's see, things I've heard. The flu, you know, it's flu season. Um, The COVID, but not very often. Um, It's a cold. It's bronchitis. It's, um, wait, wait, there was another one that just ran through my mind. But all of them are sicknesses that we don't want to say is the covid have you noticed that if you say you have the COVID or someone in your world has the COVID, it's kind of like saying I'm a pariah and everybody, they don't put up their hands, but they are very careful. So now we're careful not to say it. And then the next line is, and I think we're more aware of this because of my son-in-law's cancer. People have been very careful and we've been very careful. Um, we go to their house and sometimes we test before we come in because we are being very careful with his precious body. But um, the sickness, and what I've noticed is that some people don't tell me they're sick. They just stop calling for a season, like five or seven days, and then they call, or I call them, and they respond saying, oh yeah, I'm just past the not contagion, that's not the word they use, but it's another phrase. And I I should have written them all down because there are so many new phrases that indicate I'm sick, I've been sick, I don't know if I have COVID, it doesn't matter if I do or not, et cetera, et cetera. But it's changing again. The culture is changing again. So our quiet Christmas for my husband and I, it's all right. We're we're moving into a period of life where quieter and shorter and less is something we like. We have a fireplace in our house. I know, fireplaces are typically ornamental in the state of Arizona, in Phoenix, especially since the majority of the time we live here, it's 100 degrees or hotter. At least five months out of the year, we have 100 degree days. But in the winter, winter, we move our furniture around so that he and I can sit in front of the fireplace. One of my absolute favorite thing, David, coffee, and books. So my year was ended with those things, but my year was also ended by something that was very um, profound and provocative and continues. So I have a friend, I've known her for 30 plus years. She's a woman who cared for my husband's parents and my mother, 
and who I have been engaged with in discipleship um, relationship for 30 years. And she has a son whose name is Tyler. And Tyler serves the public. He's a policeman, a young policeman, been on the force for training and one year. And on December 14th, 28 days ago, he was shot by a what they call a uh, criminal of lifestyle. He's been in and out of jail and has in and out of criminal activity. And he shot our friend um, with an extra cartridge of bullets and 18 shots were sent out at 3.30 in the morning. And within a few hours, we gathered at the hospital. I've been at the hospital almost every day for the last 28 days. And I've watched his parents and his wife and his siblings and their children. And I've watched this mother who was told, as was the wife, that if he lived 24 hours or 48 hours, it would be a stark raving miracle. And if he got past 72 hours, that would be beyond what the doctors could even call a miracle. And did I mention it was 28 days? Every day there's another glimmer. Oh, they are small glimmers, I must confess. But they are glimmers of hope and absolute assurance that God is doing something in this young man's body, at least right now. Now, I say all of that because it's a new year, and we've just come from an old year. We finished the Christmas holidays, and they were wonderful. We traveled through the days of Advent and Epiphany, and we're watching the manifestations of that newborn Jesus. You know, the Magi didn't show up until many weeks after Jesus was born. So we're looking at those events that happened, the shepherds and the Magi and Old Ming Carrot, King Herod, Mean King Herod, who killed all the children because he couldn't find Jesus, the Savior. And what's that all got to do with the new year? Well, at the end of the year, I was given this amazing wee little gift. I'm very blessed to have gifts at Christmas and gifts, period. People are very gracious to me and send books and gifts and ways of saying thanks for things that I do. And this came as almost an after gift, if you understand what that means. And it's called God Guides. And it's written by Mary G-E-E-G-H. I wonder how she actually said that. She was born in 1924, and she was a missionary to India for 38 years. She founded a nursery school in India that has served 220 children every year since 1957. Do you want to know the math? I did the math. That's 64 years of 220 children each year. That's 14,080 children whose lives have been changed with the message of Jesus. I got this wee little book, this brochure kind of book, and I was absolutely drawn all the connections to what we've been talking about here in the ministry, listening for love and listening for love and learning and watching this young family go through this trauma with their son, fourth child, newly married, newly on the force, watching my city, my city, 
and the world that I live in rally around. This news has traveled around the world. Uh, country after country, there's a connector to Tyler Muldivan and his family and Jesus and people all the way around the world. I drive down the streets in Phoenix, and they have blue ribbons on their car, as I do, and signs in the back that say, Pray for Tyler. And I go to the hospital each day, and I marvel at how many people are there, have been there, who are standing around and praying every hour on the hour, every half hour on the half hour. And then comes this slim little volume with 53 true accounts, just brimful of the kind of work that Jesus does. And because we've been talking about listening, I found the topic just overwhelming me, just overwhelming me. It's just God guides, but she opens it by talking about anyone can have victory if he listens and obeys. I know. There's an old hymn that my hero and mentor used to sing, Trust and Obey, for there's no other way. But these simple words just open the absolute first words of this booklet. Anyone can have the victory if he listens and obeys. This is full of, as I said, 53 true accounts of people that this precious woman, Mary, encountered through her years of ministry in India. And she gathered them together, and the ministry which she founded, which continues to thrive and is located in Holland, Michigan. Um, and you can find them if you want to make a donation to their ministry. Please feel free to do that. I would be delighted to encourage you to do that. The ministry is actually called Mission Partners India. Mission Partners India, MPI, and they are in Zeeland, Z-E-E-L-A-N-D, Michigan. This little booklet came from that work. Anyone can have the victory if he listens and obeys. Quote, when I went to India and started to work at a village, I found many things were very wrong. I preached to the people. I prayed for them. I did all the talking. Sometimes I pleaded with God a whole night for a person to change and turn from the power of Satan to the power of Christ. Nothing seemed to happen. Then one day, Dr. L. R. Scrooter Sr., I wonder how long he's been at home in heaven, <laughs> came to visit the village. He informed the people, if anyone felt the need and wanted help, let him come to him in the village prayer hall. One man came. He told Dr. Scooter he had broken all the commandments except one. He had not killed anyone. He poured out all of his troubles. Then Dr. Scooter said, let us be still and wait on the Lord. He has the answer for every problem. Shall I say that again? Let us be still and wait on the Lord. He has the answer for every problem. They sat together in silence, some clear convictions of how wrong he was in the way he was living, came to this man with a real sense of repentance. Dr. Scrooter shared many things in his life when Christ gave him the victory, and he told the man, all men are created equal. Any man can have the victory of Christ if he listens and obeys. 
This man did listen to what the Holy Spirit said to him. He surrendered his life to Christ, obeying him day and night in everything. As the people saw him change in all his ways, giving up adultery and drinking and gambling and all matters of such, all were amazed at the power of God to change such a man. They also sought the power of God for their lives. Then the people said to me, see, you've worked so hard here for over a year, but none of us changed. Dr. Scrooter came here for one week and now we are all changed. He taught us to have the power of the Holy Spirit in our daily lives. I asked Dr. Scrooter, how do I begin to have the power of the Holy Spirit to help people? He told me, the first step is to wait. Be still. Listen. Then be definite about your sins daily. With a notebook and pencil, write down the things the Holy Spirit speaks to your mind and determine to obey them. Then share with others who have come to you for help, how the power of Christ changes you. This is the most charming, charming, accurate, profound little book I may have ever read in my life. The Root of Idol Worship, The Perfect Love That Casts Out Fear, The Acquainting of Two Enemies Who Became Friends, The Holy Spirit Who Guided People after Situation After Situation. Drawing this to our own divisive, unkind culture, I find myself saying, what is it? What is it that we're not doing? It's not only that we're not listening. We've been talking about listening. The old hymn is trust and obey. What dear Mary says is that we need to listen and take his guidance Take his counsel. If you're listening to him, he's saying something to you. If you're listening to him, the Spirit of God is saying something to you. So it's true. I have done the same. I I taught a lesson a couple of years ago about loving those who are unlovable, using the passage of Scripture about praying for those who despitefully use and persecute you. We talk about journalists and reporters and writers and screenplays and newspapers and everybody who's doing all the things that we don't like. We're divided. We have problems in our country. People are unkind to one another. The, The TV is full of it. The movies are full of it. And here comes this very simple woman who's now gone to heaven and reminds me of what the scripture says. Are you listening? Are you really listening? What is your situation as the new year begins? Have you put God in the back seat? You know how we put the children in the back seat so that we don't have to listen to their chatter? Or is God in the front seat with you? And are you listening to what he's asking you to do? And then, are you doing it? Because if you listen, he will give guidance. And the guidance will bring a better way of life for you. Seems so simple and yet so complicated because we've gone so far the other way. I'm Donna Otto. This is Modern Homemakers. And I pray that you will join us again as we talk more about what it means to listen to one another, to God, and how we can remove the distractions in our life. I'm going to talk a little bit soon about some of the women in the Bible, and I'm stunned to find that a lot of the women whose stories are recorded in the Old and New Testament were women who listened. 
Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make a very uncommon day of listening for guidance.